Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. I want to spend the first month talking about change together. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about vision. And the, the phrase that I want to get in your mind is to see it, to see it. In fact, just to help us get that in our brains, why don't you say it with me on three, one, two, three, see it. All right, that's what I'm hoping that we're gonna see today is that we would see the change that God wants us to make because we cannot make a change until we see the change that we need to make. Um, This uh, Christmas was a, a really fun one for my family because my oldest son received a BB gun for Christmas, right? Like the movie, the Red Rider BB gun. This was not a Red Rider BB gun. This was, it's a pistol. It's got a CO2 cartridge. It came with a whole boatload of BBs and some targets. And so on Christmas Day, we're, I mean, it was like redneck Christmas in my house. We're on the back porch. We've got a box out there with a target glued onto the side of it. And we're shooting BBs at the target. The gun came with a laser sight. Whoa, right? Laser sights are super cool. Let me tell you why laser sights are super cool. When you're training a young man to shoot a gun, when there's a laser on the end, you can see exactly where it's aiming at all times. Just very helpful, okay? But it's also helpful as as we were taking rounds that we could see the exact place that we were aiming. We could see this target out in front of us, and that laser sight would show me exactly where on that target I was aiming. Um, Zig Ziglar was a famous uh, business motivational speaker guy, and he made this statement one time. It's kind of stuck with me. He said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. (laughs) If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And this year, as we talk about vision, as we talk about seeing it, what I want to pose to you is what does God want you to aim at this year? What... Is God leading you to aim your life at this year? To to talk about this, we're going to look at Luke chapter 19. If you want to turn there, uh, if you have a phone or device that you read the Bible on, you you can pull that out. Also, we'll have it on the screens for you as well. Luke 19, this is a story. It's a famous story, a story that was turned into a song that you might have sung as a child about a wee little man named Zacchaeus. Y'all probably know the story. You might even know the song. I'm not going to sing it for you because that would be terrible. But it is Luke chapter 19. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. It says, he, talking about Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. 
Verse eight, but Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay it back four times as much. Today, salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. So as we think about Zacchaeus, we think about the wee little man. He's a short guy, right? He, he can't see over the crowd. But I don't want to talk about his physical sight limitations. I want to talk about his view of his life, the aim, the vision of his life. And my first point for you this morning is you are a visionary. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. You could personalize that. I am a visionary. And I know what you're thinking. What I just read and what I just said don't seem to have anything in common with one another, but I want to explain to you this. See, in verse 2, we, we learn some details about Zacchaeus, that he's, he's a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he's rich. Now, this guy, Zacchaeus, was the chief tax collector. That would also be translated as publican. And what that was, it was someone in the private sector who was working for the government, the Roman government. And so what they would do is that they would go uh, to the government and they would say, look, this year, I think that I can collect $2 million worth of taxes in this region. Now, another tax collector would say, you know, my estimates say 1.8. Another would say 1.6. And so the Roman government would pick someone who was bidding on the tax revenue of a certain area. And so as the chief publican or tax collector, this was a guy who used some vision, some foresight in his life. But more than that, he was rich. I think from this passage, Zacchaeus, the, the aim, the vision for his life was to make a lot of money. You see, vision is all about sight. All of us have a way in which we see life, okay? You, you are a visionary, and you may not even know it. You may not think of yourself as a visionary, but every one of us has a certain way of seeing life, and we're living each day in light of what we see. Vision is also future-oriented, right? We're thinking about what's coming. For example, have you ever planned a vacation? Or, or have you ever planned a special event, a birthday party, a family gathering? Have you ever sought out a new job before? Or maybe a different home or a new home? Every one of us are on a regular basis thinking about the future. The reason that we do that is because we are created in the image of a God who is a visionary. That our God sees everything from past, present, and future. He speaks things into existence that are not here yet. He prophesies. He tells us about the future. He's a future-oriented God. And you, being made in his image, are a future-oriented being. You think about what's coming. We are visionaries. And like Zacchaeus, we see life in a certain way. 
We have an aim, right? The other thing we know about Zacchaeus, we find in verse 7, when the crowds begin to mumble, right? Jesus, he marches up to that spot. He looks up into that sycamore tree. He sees him. He calls out to him to come down. And the crowd murmurs and says, he's gone to stay with the sinful man. See, the other thing we know about Zacchaeus is that in pursuit of his life vision of, of making a lot of money, of being good at his job, of, of having all the things that his heart could want, that he was willing to sin, to extort money from his fellow brothers. As he says, Jesus, if, if I've extorted anyone, I'll pay it back four times. He's willing to dishonor his fellow man. He's willing to disobey God in pursuit of his vision. Now, he was an Israelite. He would have been raised in synagogue. He would have gone to church. He would have known that the Lord abhors dishonest scales. He would know that he's not to charge interest to his fellow Israelite, and yet he probably would have engaged in all of those practices because the pull of the opportunity to fulfill his vision was stronger than any moral teaching he'd received. He, he had a vision, but it led him to do things that he knew was wrong. In short, he's a lot like you and me. Right? How many of us have had that story? I think about um, maybe as a, as a kid in school, and you joined in mocking that other kid with, the, with your friends because your vision included being accepted by that group of people. If you were to take that example and grow that up and put it into adulthood, maybe it's something in the office place and everybody's complaining or bickering or making fun of the boss or the manager, whoever, and you join in because it's like, well, we're all doing that, right? I'm, I, my vision for my life is that I'm, I'm one of these people and I fit in here. It could be the abortion you had because it didn't fit your vision. It could, been, could be your willingness to sleep around because in your vision, you find the right one and that means that you have to try on all these things because that's your vision for your life. See, your vision will lead you to do things that are not of God, right? We're all like Zacchaeus, and it could look a thousand different ways, but if we're honest with ourselves, we've been willing to disobey God and to dishonor our fellow men in pursuit of our vision. You are a visionary. And one of the things that we know about Zacchaeus because of his riches is he was probably really good at his vision. He was successful. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Why is he running ahead and climbing a tree. Ever thought about that? If he's rich, if he's, he's living out the vision that probably he has for his life, like why, what, what would motivate someone to do that? I, I know rich people, I know people who are really, really, really wealthy. And I don't picture them running ahead and climbing trees to get a look at something, okay? That's just not what I picture. So here's a man, very wealthy, what's, motivating him. 
In about my freshman year of high school, I was uh, in the front seat of our Dodge Caravan with my father. He was driving me to school. It was maroon with the faux wood paneling on the sides. Y'all might have seen the old Dodge Caravan. It was Oh, it was a thing of beauty, right? And we were driving 40 minutes. I, I lived in Round Rock. My school was in Austin. And so we were driving 40 minutes into Austin. And he said something about this exit that was coming up. And I'm looking ahead. And I realized for the first time, like, I can't see that. Like, I see a green blob, but I'm squinting really hard. I'm trying to make out the letters of what's ahead. Like, I, it dawns on me for the very first time, I can't see clearly. Like, I'm missing some information here. Like, I'm not able to see what he sees. Of course, I go and I get my eyes tested, and that's why I wear these things on my face every single day, right? Here's my point. It's the second thing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God gives us vision tests. God gives us vision tests. Because when it comes to your life vision, how you see life you know, and how you see it playing out in the future, God is a master optometrist. He has a way of testing our vision. He'll use our circumstances. He'll use our setbacks. He uses difficulties. He uses those little conversations. He'll use little coincidences in our life. And he will give us a vision test. He'll even use that little nagging feeling inside of us. And I just wonder if Zacchaeus knew deep down inside he was a, he's achieving his vision and he knows it's not enough. Like it, it wasn't satisfying. And he hears the town buzzing about this Jesus and he's heard the stories about this Jesus and there's something in him that compels him to run and climb a tree so he doesn't miss the Savior coming by. You see, it's not that we're lacking vision. Every one of us has a vision. It's that our vision is often lacking. And for Zacchaeus, something's missing. There's a, maybe a conviction inside of him, and I just have to imagine that as Jesus is drawing near to that place and he's up in that tree, that stuff is coming to the surface of his heart, right? That he's feeling that because his response is unusual. Verse six, so he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. Like, yeah. See, the presence of God has a way of calling up things in us and bringing them to the surface. And like me riding to school with my earthly father, we have a heavenly father who's with us in this life and he's pointing to us over and over again. It's like, can you see it? Maybe he's pointing about our marriage. He's like, can, can you see what, what I have in store for you. Right, that feeling in your marriage where you're like, man, this, this is not working. We're getting hung up. We're getting snagged on the same thing over and over again. And maybe this 2020 vision is like, man, I just, I see that changing. And God's like, yeah, can you see that? Maybe it's the prayer life or lack of prayer life or lack of 
scripture and he's saying, look, this isn't working for you anymore. I have more for you here. Can you see that? Maybe he's pointing to some, some sinful, destructive habits in your life and he's like, there's, there's a life in which you are free from those. Can, can you see that? Or maybe like Zacchaeus, you've had no vision at all for following Jesus or God or any of that stuff, and there's something in you that's like, it's time for a change. Something's missing. And now Jesus is giving you a new vision. You see, God will give us vision tests, and he'll bring us to places where we know that our vision is lacking, but that's not all he does. See, in verses eight through 10, we see that Zacchaeus stood there and he said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. What happens is that Zacchaeus all of a sudden has a new vision. My third point is this. Jesus can give you a new vision. And that's really good news. If you know that your vision is lacking, Jesus can give you a new vision. In a couple of sentences, we have an extortionist that turns into a philanthropist giving half of his possessions, that would include his home, his his net worth, he was willing to give away immediately to the poor, the guy who was extorting his fellow man. It's like immediately he sees life differently when he sees Jesus. In encountering the Lord, in the presence of our God, he gives us new visions. He'll give you a a new perspective, a new way of seeing your life. And the word that, um, that comes to my mind is the word repent. It literally means to change one's mind. God's in the business of changing our minds, of giving us a new vision. So, friends, I want to remind you of this. Our gospel has a cross in it, right? Jesus takes up the cross for you and for me. And if you remember what Jesus said, he's like, look, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to follow me, Let him take up his cross and deny himself. You see, in order to receive a new vision, we have to take our old vision to the cross. We have to go to that place of dying and say, you know, Lord, I've always pictured my life this way. I've been pursuing this, but I see that this is creating destruction and pain and disappointment and all the the junk, the sin of my life. And we have to lay it down at the cross and say, Lord, I, I die to that vision. Would you give me a new vision, Jesus? And our gospel has a resurrection in it. New life 
right? This newness that comes into us and this resurrection power. It's the power to take our broken hearts and make them whole. It's the power to turn extortionists into philanthropists. It's the power to resurrect old visions and to give brand new ones. The resurrection is the power to change. It's the living and dwelling presence of God with you. He makes the blind to see. He gives us new vision. I want to ask you, as you look at 2020, is it time for a change? For you, personally, is it time for a change? And here's how I I want to challenge us to respond today. It's simply this. It's to see it and name it. To see it and name it. You got a new BB gun this year. It has 365 BBs that came with it, and you have to choose where are you going to aim that thing, right? Your life is here now. You, You have today, you have whatever days God gives you, and he wants you to aim those somewhere, but you have to see it. You need that target in front of you. So I want to challenge you to see it, and then I want to challenge you to name it. I want you to name the change that God is initiating inside of you. Can you see that? Whatever that thing is, whatever's stirring in you. Where do you want to be in 2020? What, What direction is your life heading? What character trait keeps snagging you up? What's the broken thing that needs healing or fixing? Is there something in your life that's not working? It's just not working. Does how you're living today fit with what you see in God's picture for your life? Is it time for a change? Can you see it? And can you name it? You're a visionary. God has divinely orchestrated vision tests in your life. He may have brought you to some some tough stuff in your life, maybe right now, maybe this year. Maybe you've gone through the ringer. I don't know your story. God knows exactly what you've gone through. And maybe in the midst of the ash and the rubble, he wants to resurrect a new vision for you. Get specific. Put a laser sight on that thing. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. So I want to end with this verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus Four good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. You are a handmade creation of God. You are dearly loved by him. The the, the measure of his love is that he would send his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. That's how much he loves you. And you've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. He has something for you to do. 
He has a purpose. There, there's, there's a place that he wants to aim you, and it's unique to you. Something special that he has for you. He's prepared them ahead of time, right, for you to do, for you to walk in them. And so, my friends, may you see it. Whatever vision God is stirring in your heart right now, may you see it and may you name it. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.